Why, hello there, future fans! This week, it's Halloween! Ah, ah, ah. And we have some movies. This week, we run silent, we dance like we've never danced before, and we become spies again. This is the week of October 26th, and this is episode 110 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Alright everyone, welcome to the show. As you can tell by my cheesy first words in that opening, it is the last episode before Halloween. This episode was late because I'm trying to get back to work and I don't want to bore you with all of my life details, but it's, um, I had my first full day of work in three months and I really didn't take that into account when it came to the show, so that's why it's late. I apologize. Next week might be late, but just because of Halloween and me wanting to spend it with my wife. And I think you'll understand. I, I think that is a good reason. And if you don't, then I'm sorry. But yes, this is Future Flicks with Billiam. Uh, As you could tell, I didn't do a special Halloween episode this year. I decided instead to tack it onto this episode. I had illusions of grandeur that I could do two episodes in one week, and it just didn't pan out. And you know what? I'm okay with it, because I am just going to do the regular episode, and then I'm going to tell you about some of my favorite Halloween movies, what I think you should watch this year. Somewhat Nerdy Radio did their 13 Nights of Halloween, so you should be at least having one movie each night up until Halloween to watch. And let me add just a couple more to that list and you can pick and choose what you want from my list. But before we get into the show, let's do the introduction, the opening housekeeping. This is Future Flicks with Billiam. Thus, I am Billiam. On this show, we do quite a few things. We start off with some moitering by me, which is called the introduction. Then we go into the news and the trailer trove after that. And that's any new news and any new trailers that have caught my eye since the last episode. We then go into the movies, which are broken up into two categories, the limited releases and the wide releases in interesting indies. The first segment, I just tell you about what the uh, what the movie's about and who's in it. Maybe say a word or two. Second part of the movies, I go into more depth. I tell you my thoughts on it. I give it a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, a.k.a. the Bill Score. This score can go anywhere from a 0 for the terrible movies to an 11 for those movies that turn it up that extra notch. Then we wrap it all up with the question of the week, and then I send you along your merry way to the other podcasts that you frequent. And how do you find this show? You are doing a great job so far. Let me tell you about the other ways. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app. You can also find me on the Summit Nerdy website or Facebook page. And the Facebook page will just actually take you to the website. And that website is www.somewhatnerdy.com. You can find all of the episodes there for my show and for Somewhat Nerdy's two shows at Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. All of us, those three shows, make up the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. 
I am the only one on my own because no one wants to play with me. Now that's not true at all. I bet you if we lived in the same state, they would all, we would all be on each other's shows all the time. I'd be going, hey, Chris, Critter, Danger, what's up? What do you think of these movies? They'll go, I'll tell you what we think about these movies. And then we'd laugh and, and have beers and be, it'd be great. It'd be great, right? Right, guys? Right? But you know what? Let me tell you how you can reach me in case you want to answer the question of the week or you have a question for me or you just want to say hi. You can email me, billiumreviews at gmail.com. In case I said that too fast, billiumreviews at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram, which I hope to be a little more active on. Both of those, you can find me at billiumswn. You can also leave a comment on SoundCloud or on the Somewhat Nerdy Facebook page or website. I will respond to all of those. Though since I rarely get comments on the Facebook page or website, I I am sorry if it takes me a little while to notice. Hasn't happened yet, but maybe one day it will. The most popular ways are actually through SoundCloud or Twitter, but pick your poison, whatever you want. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have some news to talk about, so without further ado, let us go into the first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. Slash Film reported on a list that Streaming Observer put together. They put together a list of each state's favorite horror movie to stream. This list, in my opinion, only proves that you should take internet lists with a huge grain of salt. Why do I say that? Because Oklahoma's favorite horror movie is This Is The End. That's right, the star-studded apocalyptic comedy is that state's favorite horror. I mean, if they said Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, I would understand that a bit more because it's a full-on horror, that movie is a full-on horror spoof, but really? This is the end? Do people in Oklahoma, or or, not even them, okay, not even you, if you live in Oklahoma, I am sorry. Uh, This is not on you, this is on Streaming Observer. Does Streaming Observer not know what a horror movie is? Like, really? But what about other states? My home state, California, our favorite horror is The Orphanage. Louisiana, home base for the somewhat nerdy crew. Your favorite movie, if you live there, is Get Out. According to SoundCloud's analytics, which I'm not sure are right, but just in case they are, Washington, D.C. listens to this show a lot. So for y'all, your favorite horror movie to stream is The Exorcist. New York, also high listeners from there, is Psycho, Illinois, is the house of the devil and virginia is a personal favorite of mine drag me to hell did i not mention your state nothing personal at all i just didn't want to go through a list of 50 movies i just picked the states with the most listeners according to soundcloud which again could be off you can find the link to the story in this week's show notes but if i forget just go to slash film and the article is called what horror movie is your state obsessed with In news brought to us by The Wrap, Mark Wahlberg's next movie, The Six Billion Dollar Man, has been taken off of the release schedule. This after director Damien Zivan exited the project. This movie is based on the old show, The Six Million Dollar Man, and that show and this movie are all based on the novel Cyborg by Martin Caden. If you're not familiar with the original story, then let me tell you that in this movie, Mark Wahlberg is going to be playing a former military officer turned secret agent, Steve Austin, not the stone cold one, but the six or six billion dollar in this case, one who undergoes life saving surgery following a horrific accident, kind of like RoboCop, but instead of a robotic cop, he turns into a super powered human being. 
Basically, he gets a lot of bionic implants and he goes whenever he jumps. The film was supposed to begin shooting this summer, but now the shooting has been pushed back. Thus, the release has been pushed back indefinitely until we know when we get a new director and thus when shooting starts. In that's kind of silly news having to do with Avengers 4, remember last week or is it the week before? One, one of those two episodes, I talked about the potential... Uh, title for Avengers 4 and how some people thought it was one thing other people thought it was other all because of Mark Ruffalo's uh, fake that we know now was fake spoiler on Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon I'm sorry Jimmy Fallon well I guess it's important enough that comicbook.com looked into it and there was some redditor who had way too much time on his hands, did a bunch of research, and thinks he found what the answer is out of those two possibilities that I mentioned a, a week or two ago. So if you care at all, it's in a comicbook.com article called Avengers 4 title may have been revealed in Age of Ultron. Yeah, that is a, a very basic and down-to-earth title. So there you go, if you care. But any Avengers news we're getting now is all speculation. There was just a picture released today supposedly showing Pepper Potts in a suit of armor. Uh, if you're familiar with Iron Man and the Iron Man stories, you know that Tony Stark does build Pepper a suit that is mainly defensive, doesn't have many, if any, offensive capabilities. And there's this picture released with her in the suit, but some people think it's photoshopped, some people think it's 100% fake, and uh, it's... It's all too much speculation, all way too much. I know we're excited for this movie. I cannot wait for event for the next Avengers movie. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to love it. I already know it. But just chill out. Watch other movies. Rewatch the, all of the MCU, okay? Do something else other than obsess over this. According to Flixist, Wonder Woman has been pushed back. That is Wonder Woman 1984 is the title of the sequel, and it was originally set for a November 1st, 2019 release date. But it is now pushed for a summer uh, 2020 release date. That is a June 5th release date. And this push isn't for anything bad. It's not like there's a bunch of shit going on on set and they have to push it back. They haven't lost a director or anything. It's just because there, apparently there is a, a, an opening good enough for DC this or next summer. And they decided that Wonder Woman is big enough that it deserves a summer release. And I agree. November could have been fine. There are a lot of big movies that come out around this time, around the holiday season. But Wonder Woman deserves a summer blockbuster spotlight. So even though I have to, we all have to wait a little bit longer, I think this is a good wait. And finally in the news, we have a lot of sequel talk. This story from Slash Film. If you hear rumblings about a Practical Magic sequel, don't get your hopes up. Or you can breathe a sigh of relief if you didn't want one, because it's not happening. Evan Rachel Wood just said that she'd be willing to be in a sequel and reprise her role from the original, and that is it. Some some news outlets grabbed that and went, oh, there's going to be a Practical Magic sequel. No, it nothing is happening. And guess what? If something does happen, you'll hear it from me. Well, okay, honestly, you'll hear it from somewhere else first that actually has news credentials. And then you'll hear it from me. Yay, me. Annabelle 3 has some buzz. All these stories from now to the end are going to be from Slash Film. Annabelle 3 has some buzz. Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga will be reprising the roles as the Warrens, which some of you may already know. But Katie Sarif, a TV actor who did an, ep did an episode of Supernatural and has been, has been in quite a few other TV shows, just small roles or one episode here and there, has been cast in the lead role. So even though this is going to be a big movie, because I think I think if you take Annabelle and Annabelle Creation, Annabelle, the first one, is the weakest one because I think Annabelle Creation was far better. So you take this third installment that's coming out on the heels of Annabelle Creation, a better one, 
and you're throwing in the Wilsons into this, or not the Wilsons, (laughs) that's Patrick Wilson, the Warrens into this, I think it's going to be pretty big. And I think it's good that they're giving someone who doesn't, who isn't a big name, giving someone who's not a big name a chance. Chris Hemsworth announced that the Men in Black sequel has wrapped shooting. He posted a picture announcing this with Tessa Thompson and F. Gary Gary. So yes, folks, we are that much closer to the Men in Black spin spinoff or sequel or reboot. I, I It's too early to tell exactly what it's going to be. A lot of people are calling it a sequel, but until we know the premise and until we know how they are treating Agents J and K, I'm not going to say sequel. And folks, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 has been delayed. Obviously. It's been obviously delayed because they don't have a director. But guess what? It could be delayed until 2020. Shooting was supposed to begin January next year, but with James Gunn gone and no replacement as of yet, it's believed that filming won't start until February 2021. Why that arbitrary date? Ask Disney. Well, that is it for the news, my friends. As always, if I miss something, if I miss a news If I miss a news story or if I miss a trailer, let me know. I'll bring it up on the next show. But with that, it is time to step into everyone's favorite trove, the trailer trove. Avast, and welcome to the trailer trove. All right, we have a trailer for a horror coming out this January, because what better time for a horror than the end of the holiday season, skipping Halloween entirely, am I right? This film is called Escape Room, and it's a horror thriller, which I have always found to be a redundant because horror is just a specific type of thriller. So if it's a horror, it's obviously a thriller, because horror implies thriller, but thriller does not imply horror. Confused yet? Good. Let's move on. This is about six people invited to take part in one of those escape the room events for $1 million, but find that if they lose, they won't lose out on the money. They'll lose out on their lives. From the looks of the trailer, this is just the love child of Saw 5 and Hostel. This stars Taylor Russell, uh, who you know from Netflix, Lost in, Netflix's Lost in Space, Nikki Dodani from Netflix's Atypical, Deborah Ann Wall from Netflix's Daredevil, Tyler the Brain from... Tucker and Dale versus Evil, and Netflix's Voltron. I know when I'm talking about trailers and news, I don't really mention where people are from. I just did it because I thought it's interesting that four of the cast, four of the six main characters are from something on Netflix. Anyway, this film looks good, but it 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 is one of those things that would bother me, like one of those easily avoidable horror situations. Like, should I take this short, shortcut through cannibal redneck country in this old car that could break down at any minute? No, no, I should not. Should I go to an unsolicited escape the room event claiming that it can give me $1 million? No, you shouldn't. It's called Google, bitches. Look it up. Check out the reviews. If all the reviews are one star going one star, I died, then stay away. A movie called The Aftermath has a trailer. This comes to us from executive producer Ridley Scott, and it stars Kira Knightley, Alexander Skarsgård, and Jason Clark. This takes place in the aftermath of World War II in Germany. A colonel in the British Army and his wife are assigned to a house in Hamburg during the post-war reconstruction. The German who previously lived in the house is supposed to relocate to a camp, but they decide to keep him and his daughter in the house. Tensions are on the rise as the colonel and his wife are having marital problems, and the colonel has to go away on business, and she becomes attracted to the handsome German, Who wouldn't? It's Alexander Skarsgård. Are you kidding? He's beautiful. Anyway, she becomes attracted to him. Uh, This looks like a good war drama and really about a part of war that, of this particular war, that we don't really talk about a lot. 
There's a lot of stories about tragedy and heroics on the battlefield and during the war. Uh, there's a lot of movies about what happened politically during the war, like thanks to Darkest Hour. And actually, around that time, quite a few Churchill movies came out. But this is a time movies tend to skip over a lot, at least big star-studded movies. And this has enough star power to, for, for me to consider it a star-studded movie. And so I think it's impressive that they're tackling a, a time during the war, or not during, after apparently, but after the war that we rarely talk about. It's not based on a true story or anything, but that's fine. I don't need that. We have a trailer for the kid who would be king. And for this movie, just imagine that Sorcerer's Apprentice movie with Nicolas Cage, Jay Burchell, and Alfred Molina. Do you remember that? But just have it take place in England and have it be about King Arthur and the Sword and the Stone. And you have your movie. This is a kid's adventure movie that is just dark enough and just action-packed enough to make it interesting for adults, but not inappropriate for children. This looks like a cute movie to check out at home, or if you have kids, take them. It looks fun. This stars Rebecca Ferguson, Patrick Stewart, and a bunch of British children. This comes out March 1st, 2019. We have a new trailer from a horror from producer James Wan, and this one is based on a bit of Mexican folklore. This film is called The Curse of La Llorona, and it only took me two takes to say that. La Llorona. There we go. I said it again. In the original tale, this is about a woman who had twin children, one day, she is walking around a river with her kids, saw her husband with another woman. In her rage, she drowned her children without thinking. Once she saw their floating bodies, she realized what she did. She jumped in to die with them, and now her ghost is seen around rivers crying. If you hear her or see her, it could bring you misfortune or even your death. In some versions, she goes after wayward children, kidnaps them, thinking they're her children, takes them into the river, and drowns them but all the time begs him for forgiveness. And I've, I've heard this story before, because like I, I've said on the show, I've grown up in a primarily Mexican area of California, and so I've, I've heard this story. So it's good to see a movie being made of it, uh, just because it, I like seeing all these, all these horrors based on other folklore other than our own. Like The Possession, and recently had me watch The Possession with Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Kira Sedgwick, I believe. Yeah, Kira Sedgwick. It, I thought it was really good, and it's based off Jewish folklore. That's That was really interesting. So yay, more horror. This comes out April 19th, 2019. We have a trailer for another horror movie, this one coming out at the end of next month, November 30th, called The Possession of Hannah Grace, and it's about a former cop who takes a job at the graveyard shift at the city morgue, and one day a woman is brought in who died during an exorcism. The girl may be dead, but the evil spirit isn't, and it wants a new body. So why not this woman who's all alone at the morgue at night? What creepier place to be? And of course, it's going to be this tough woman, so she's not just going to run. And that, do that doesn't necessarily mean she's stupid, because it's not like ghosts are thought to be, ghosts and demons are thought to be real in this world or in this movie. So she's not just going to run. She's like, oh, what's going on? I have to investigate this and get haunted to hell. This stars Shay Mitchell from Pretty Little Liars, and it looks pretty good. Finally, in the trove, we have a film called Destroyer, starring an unrecognizable Nicole Kidman as a police detective who reconnects with people from an undercover assignment in her past in order to make peace. But seriously, r r pause right now and look up Nicole Kidman Destroyer. Just, just Google that, and in the images, look at that person. That is not Nicole Kidman. Oh my god. This is the most transformed I have ever seen her in her entire career. 
This movie looks grungy and dirty and intense, and Nicole Kidman looks insane. This film comes out December 25th because what says Christmas more than murder and demons in your past? I say nothing. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the trailer trove. Let's take a break, listen to a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio, and come right back for the limited releases. Stay tuned. Are you troubled by a lack of common interest in your social sphere? Do you experience feelings of nostalgic sentiment in your day-to-day life? Do your family or coworkers not understand your quotes, quips, or references? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and download the nerdiest professionals in the galaxy. Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Our nerdy and informative hosts are available 24 hours a day on your favorite podcast app to fill all your super nerdy needs. Good Good journey, journey, nerds. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio, Future Flicks with Billiam, and Nerds of the Squared Circle on iTunes, SoundCloud, your favorite podcast app, or stream us at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And we're back, and I'm actually going to try and push through the movies fast on this one so we don't have this episode run too long so I can do my Halloween thing. So let's just start it out. The first limited release is a documentary called Monrovia, Indiana. Legendary documentarian Frederick Wiseman captures the day-to-day life in the farming community of Monrovia, Indiana. And seriously, that is it. It is just the day-to-day lives of these people. That is it. If anyone else made this movie, if some nobody director made this documentary, it would be laughed at. But supposedly because this Frederick Wiseman is some fancy pants bullshit documentarian, we're supposed to take it seriously. Okay, whatever. Next up is a movie called Border, a customs official who can smell fear and has a unique facial deformity, develops an unusual attraction to a strange traveler with the same facial deformity while aiding police investigations, which will call into question her entire existence. This is a Swedish movie that looks, it, it looks weird. I mean, if I have to pick one between Monrovia, in, Monrovia Indiana and this, I would, I would pick this. In, in fact, when you see what kind of week we have for movies, I still may pick this. I don't know. Next up, we have a movie called London Fields. Clairvoyant femme fatale Nicola Six has been living with the dark premonition of her impending death by murder. She begins a tangled love affair with three uniquely different men, one of whom she knows will be her murderer. This stars Amber Heard from The Justice League, Gemma Chan from Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Cara Delevingne? I, I, I still don't know how you say her name, and I'm too lazy to look it up, but... The one who played Enchantress and Suicide Squad. And she was in, um, okay, according to Anne, it's Delevingne. I, I, I trust her, but there's just way too many letters in that to be that simple to say. Oh, it's a British name. That, that, that actually explains it. Thank you. Jason Isaacs, a, a properly nice name to say, from Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallow. Theo James from Underworld Awakening. Billy Bob Thornton from Armageddon. And Jim Sturgis from 21. So for this movie, just think of the really weird love child of Basic Instinct and Sin City, but not nearly as cool as it sounds. We have two more movies in the limited section. The next one is called Stuck. This is an original pop musical film about six strangers who get stuck on a New York City subway together and change each other's lives in unexpected ways. This stars Giancarlo Esposito from Breaking Bad, Amy Madigan from Feel the Dreams, and singer Ashanti, as well as Arden Cho from Teen Wolf. Okay, so this is a musical. Normally, that would be my jam. I would put this on the wide release, but the trailer was shit, and I've never heard of this music before, ever. So they're giving us a shitty trailer that didn't 
show nearly enough singing and then not based on a play that I've ever heard of. So no, 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 let's skip this. And finally, in the limited release section, we have a movie called Indivisible. This is the story of Army Chaplain Darren Turner and his wife, Heather, whose marriage is at risk as he takes a tour overseas and supports his fellow soldiers more than he does his own family. This stars Sarah Drew and Justin Brewing from Grey's Anatomy. And once again, we just have a, a standard mega church movie. I, I wouldn't mind Christian-focused movies nearly as much if they were any good. They don't even need big stars in it. Just don't make it seem like some shitty film that they put you know no money into and didn't even try on the script full of like just bullshit stereotypical tropes. Then I might suggest the movie. Anyway, that is it for the limited section. Let us take another break and hear her word from our friends at Nerds of the Squared Circle. Please stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling do you like wrestling yeah then you should listen to our podcast do you not like wrestling you should still listen to our podcast someone to read a comms nerds in the squared circle subscribe to us on itunes or your favorite podcast app today nerds in the squared circle on someone and we're back we're back with a limited not the limited we just did that we're back with the wide releases and interesting indies let's start out with a film called viper club it's like Fight Club for snakes. No, I lie. This is about a war correspondent who gets taken hostage while on assignment, prompting his mother, impatient with the government's lack of concern, to take matters in her own hands. This stars Susan Sarandon from Dead Man Walking, Walking Heartthrob Matt Bomer from White Collar, and Edie Falco from Nurse Jackie. But this movie looks good. It looks good and 100% missable in theaters. This looks like the type of movie that you are looking around online. It just happens to be after Thanksgiving, so it's Black Friday. You see a movie for a couple bucks. It's this one. You buy it. You don't regret it because it's worth a couple bucks. It, it was a decent movie. But this is nothing that you have to put effort into seeing. It just looks like a very interesting movie with good performances from performances bleh, from Sarandon, Bomer, and Falco. Viper Club gets a 6.5 out of 11. And yes, we're still taking this fast so we can get into the Halloween, the Halloween goodness. And after we get to my pick of the week, you'll be able to tell why. Next up is a movie called Burning. Jong Su, a part-time worker, bumps into Hai Mi while delivering, who used to live in the same neighborhood. Hai Mi asks him to look after her cat while she's on a trip to Africa. When she comes back, she introduces Ben, a mysterious guy she met. One day, Ben visits Jong Su and confesses his own secret hobby, burning down greenhouses. This is a Korean movie starring Steve Yoon or Steven Yoon from The Walking Dead. And this is based on a short story by famed author Haruki Murakami. And that's really why it made it into the limited or uh, past the limited section, because not only does it look interesting, but the person who wrote it is someone I quite enjoy. I mean, I've only read one uh, Haruki Murakami book and I really liked it. And by book, I mean short story. Reading's hard, but I just this looks good. And if you if you don't mind subtitles and you want to watch a very interesting looking Korean movie, check out Burning. The next film on the list is called Suspiria. A darkness swirls at the center of a world renowned dance company 
one that will engulf the artistic director, an ambitious young dancer, and a grieving psychotherapist. Some will succumb to the nightmare while others will finally wake up. This stars Dakota Johnson from Fifty Shades of Grey and Tilda Swinton from Doctor Strange. Ladies and gentlemen, if you saw Black Swan and thought it was far too normal and regular, then you should watch Suspiria. Basically, someone watched Black Swan, did a whole lot of drugs, and then wrote this. If you like those really weird indie movies that are just strange and, and f*** with your mind, not even necessarily f*** with your mind well, but are just really odd, then this is for you. Watch this. This is your sh**. Watch Suspiria. If not, watch anything else. I never gave a, I never gave a score to Burning. Burning gets a 7.5 out of 11. And Suspiria gets a 5 out of 11. The next film this week is called Hunter Killer. An untested American submarine captain teams with U.S. Navy SEALs to rescue the Russian president who's been kidnapped by a rogue general who wants to start the next great war. This stars Gerard Butler from 300, Gary Oldman from Darkest Hour, Common from Selma, Linda Cardinelli from Scooby-Doo, and the late great Michael Nyquist from John Wick. Do you love submarine movies? Then this is for you. This looks like a classic submarine movie. Just throw in a modern plot and you have your film. This doesn't look bad at all. It really doesn't. It looks very interesting. Looks like something I will watch one day. Just, I would never watch it in the theaters. The only way I would watch this in the theaters is if one of my friends texts me and go, Hey, Billiam, we're going to the movies. We're watching Hunter Killer, food, and the movies on us. I go, yeah, okay, I'll go. Other than that, I will wait for streaming, and so should you. Hunter Killer gets a 7 out of 11. And ladies and gentlemen, that leaves us with one movie this week, and it's not the pick of the week. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I, th I think it's happened once before, so it's either a Future Flicks first, or it's a rare Future Flicks occasion where I have no pick of the week. The final movie of the week, and the one that also didn't deserve pick of the week, is called Johnny English Strikes Again. After a cyber attack reveals the identity of all of the active undercover agents in Britain, Johnny English is forced to come out of retirement and find the mastermind hacker. This stars Rowan Atkinson who is known as Mr. Bean, Emma Thompson from Saving Mr. Banks, Charles Dance from Game of Thrones, Ben Miller from Paddington 2, Michael Gambon from Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows, and Olga Krylenko from Oblivion. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I learned something today. I learned this is actually the third Johnny English film. I didn't know that a second movie came out in 2011. So the first movie came out in 2003. So the sequel to this not well-received movie came out eight years later. And then the third movie, which no one asked for, it's coming out seven years after that. So 15 years after the first. Why? Who, who really thought this was a good idea? I mean, R Rowan Atkinson can get work. He, he doesn't need to do these movies. He is British comedy royalty. Okay. He is a, he's a, he's a big deal when it comes to comedy. And we, we don't need this. This is a movie that no one asked for, unless for some weird reason you're a big fan of Johnny English, in which case, this is this is Christmas for you. F*** yeah, a third Johnny English movie. You probably never thought one was coming out. But, but let's be honest, if you like stupid comedies, then maybe this is for you. Maybe you should wait, though. Even if you liked the first Johnny English, maybe if you're even 
only a little interested in Johnny English 3, then you should still wait. Wait for a Blu-ray or DVD trilogy to come out, get all the movies, and then watch them all and, and laugh a little. Uh, th this doesn't look like a super funny movie. It doesn't look great. It looks passable. It doesn't look terrible. If you, if I had to pick a movie this week to watch, honestly, it would be Burning, but it would probably be either Hunter Killer or John English because I think those would be easier to find. Um, normally, in a case like this, I would just pick the best looking movie, even if I'm not totally excited for it, and have it be the pick of the week. Instead, I thought I can list some of my uh, my favorite, not of all time, just like this year movies I've been really into. Or ones I've really wanted to watch recently in my my horror movie picks. And that can be the pick of the week. So let's finish up with Johnny English Strikes Again gets a 6 out of 11. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the wide releases and interesting indies. And, and like I've mentioned already, instead of getting into the question of the week, we're going to talk about some Halloween movies. Or actually scary movies. Because finding true, like finding movies that are horrors and Halloween themed are is, is a little difficult. So just horror movies, scary movies to watch around this time. So let's hear a word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast, and then we'll be right back with Billiam's Halloween Picks. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever interneting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall -wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, yeah, the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that goddamn jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. And we're back. We're back with the show. So I'm looking at the list I put together, and it's not quite done, so I'm going to have to come up with a few last-minute movies to add to it. But the ones I do have are a mix of good horrors and then just spooky-themed movies. There's, there's, there's one that's a good family movie. There's one you probably haven't heard of and some you may have seen. So let's start out. Let's start out with the family pick the family movie for halloween and that's the adams family this is a classic it is it's a great movie any time of year but especially now it is a classic spooky movie that's not really spooky i mean the original adams family tv show wasn't spooky this is not truly spooky it's just themed so perfectly so this is one of the best things to start out the holiday season and this is a classic angelica houston raul julia the late great raul julia christopher lloyd dan hadaya christina ricci and watching this movie now is perfect because you watch the first one now you watch adam's family values later uh and you you know you watch some of the old shows to get ready for the animated adam's family with a star-studded vocal cast and you know what fun fact about one of the actors uh carol struyekin i believe is how you say it the guy who played lurch in the movie was in gerald's game and has been acting continuously since adam's family he's going to be in the dr sleep movie dr sleep is the sequel to the shining 
And this one is starring Ewan McGregor and Rebecca Ferguson. You had me at Ewan McGregor. Also has Bruce Greenwood, who is also in Gerald's Game. Uh, but the other people in the cast really haven't done much. Judith Melania, who played Granny, unfortunately passed away in 2015. She has something that should be coming out this year. Uh, I guess that just took forever to put together called The Queen of Sheba Meets the Atom Man. Oh, okay. Dana Ivey is still working. Um, okay, Dana Ivey played Margaret in Am's family. She's the one that um that marries Thing. Cousin it, cousin it, Jesus, not Thing, cousin it. Okay. She's been constantly working. Jimmy Workman, who played Pugsley, stopped working. The la- the latest thing he did is he was okay, the transportation coordinator for a movie called Adolescence. Okay, but enough about the cast. Adam's Family is a classic movie. It is a great, great movie. And while it is a wonderful movie, like I said, for any time of year, it is very good for the Halloween season. It is a it is a great film. And the Adams Family is also a great way to tell if you could trust someone or not. If they didn't like the Adams Family, you probably can't trust them. And you know what? I do have one other family movie suggestion for this Halloween. And it's one I've talked about before because it surprised me so much when I saw it. And this was a movie that I saw when I was on my way to the UK to visit Anne for the first time. A movie that I only watched because I was I was on a plane for so long and it was free. I didn't have to pay to see any movies. It was uh, British Airways. so the movies were free. And that movie is called Goosebumps. Yes, I think this is a fantastic movie for a family night. Uh, this is a movie from 2015 with Jack Black, uh, Dylan Minnette, and Odea Rush, Jillian Bell too. And th- this was one that really, really surprised me because I didn't think I was going to like it. I thought it looked stupid. And, and to be honest, it was a weird idea. Like the, the Goosebumps books were big in the 90s. Why now? Obviously, because we're on a rush of nostalgia now. I get it. But it, it was just weird when the movie came out. It, the trailer didn't look that good. The trailer looked like this b-list or b-list level disney channel movie and what came out was this funny and fun movie that actually captures uh, the halloween spirit well just because there's a lot of classic monsters uh there's a werewolf and we have the dummy of course we have slappy so it's a movie with a lot of spirit but not one that is really scary at all. Uh, it was ra- rated PG. I think it could have been G. Just that there's too much there's too much action for it to be a, a G-rated movie. But I truly think that it is a a movie suitable for all ages. The biggest downfall for the movie was the fact that near the end the plot got a little predictable, uh, especially concerning Odea's rush character and what would happen to her in the end. And then we had Dylan Minnette as the the standard hero trope this attractive young man obviously a love interest for odea's odea rush's character who may not have all the answers all the time but knows enough to help out and get them out of a situation and be the hero and there's nothing wrong with that because this was a kids movie this was a family movie we didn't need like a lot of like twists and turns we just need a fun movie so if you have a family or if you just want to watch something enjoyable watch goosebumps And you know what? I just want to mention that I am doing 13 movies. I know there aren't 13 days left until Halloween. I know that. I'm cutting this a little close. But I hope that somewhere in this list, you can find a movie or two to watch and enjoy. Maybe something you haven't watched before. I know 
I know for a fact there's at least one movie on here you haven't watched before. And also, I have all, I have purposely not listened to the somewhat nerdy radio Halloween episode. I'm sorry, Chris. I purposely haven't just so I didn't let their choices affect my choices. Who knows? We could have all the same choices. I know that's not anywhere near possible because we have different tastes and they talked and debated this while I have just me. But if some of our choices cross over for any reason, that's why, because I purposely haven't listened to the episode yet. So those were the two family movies. So let's talk about some movies that have been out for a while, uh, things that you can stream or won't cost too much to buy or even rent on Amazon streaming or YouTube or anywhere you can rent. You can rent digital movies. Let's start with one that I know is, uh, I believe, on Netflix. Yep, according to Decider, it's on Netflix, and that movie is called Dead Silence. This is from 2007. I'll give the synopsis of this one since it's maybe not so well known. This is about a young widower who returns to his hometown to search for answers to his wife's murder, which may be linked to the ghost of a murdered ventriloquist. All right, I'm going to be honest, that could potentially be a very stupid premise, but it was pulled off really well. The pedigree on this movie is really good. It's directed and co-written by James Wan with the screenplay penned by Leigh Whannell, who we know from Insidious. Though this film came out three years before Insidious did, so this is really one of them that started what became the James Wan empire. It's true that James Wan started Saw. Like, that that was his first venture into horror, into thriller. He was the... he Leigh Whannell actually was a writer on that, too. They teamed up on that to write it, and he directed it. So while that was the true beginning dead silence helped that uh, helped them come into the the people we know now and produce the movies we know now this stars ryan quantin who you may know if you watched true blood he was stackhouse star donnie Wahlberg, who of course they worked with with on saw uh, those are the two really big names the only one even worth mentioning is for in a couple scenes keir keir gilchrist was in it who you may know if you watch the show atypical but one of, in my opinion, one of this movie's strong points is also, can also normally be a downside to a movie where it's, it's standard. You, you know what to expect. You know what you're getting into. And this movie wasn't well received by critics at all. It gets a meta score of 34 and it has a tomato meter score of 20, though an audience score of 51. Another big, uh, another big difference on that. See, Rotten Tomatoes. But if, if you choose to take my suggestion, if you choose to watch this movie, go into it knowing that you're going to see a basic horror movie. It's going to be a haunting movie, though it is going to be focused around a, a doll and the ghost of a ventriloquist. Uh, that just takes it into a little a little different angle. But this is a basic ghost story movie that I thought was quite enjoyable. It wasn't great. It didn't blow my mind. But this is a good movie to watch at this time. And I really added it to this list like I did a lot of these movies just to put some variety in here because it's it's very easy to come up with 13 movies to watch for Halloween. You just do all of the classics. You do Night of the Living Dead. You do the first Halloween, the first Friday the 13th, Texas Chainsaw. You do Psycho. You do the classics and boom, you have a list. Anyone can do that. I want to try and bring things that make me really excited and try to change a list up a bit. And I think that if you are a fan of horror, 
give Dead Silence a shot because it's on Netflix. You should have Netflix. If you enjoy movies and you don't have Netflix, what the f***? Really? And if it's a money money shortage problem, I'm sorry. I, I understand. But if not, what the f***? But I digress. Dead Silence is is a basic horror and I think it's a it's a good movie to watch around this time because this is the best time for it. And the next movie on the list is is silly. It is it is silly and it's so campy that I love it. There's a film called Hack and you have to say it like that. Hack because it's hack with an exclamation point. That's how you find it. Another reason this made it on the list is because it's just on YouTube. If you look up hack full movie there it is. And a lot of the times in the show, if you are familiar with Futureflex, you will hear me talk about movies that just look like some very cheap, straight-to-video horror film. And I, I compare movies to those, like super indie movies, like, oh, this looks like bad quality. This film looks like that. Um, I, I was introduced to this by Anne, and I didn't go into this with high hopes because we had just watched a movie, one of her favorites, called Treehouse. And what, what can I say about that film? apparently according to her it had everything <laughs> but uh and um apparently we watched different films <laughs> so after that we we did i think we did watch different films based on your based on your love of that film <laughs> no one was named daryl but afterwards we watched hack so you have to understand why i was so impressed with this movie <laughs> was because no one was named Daryl. The reason I was so impressed with this movie was because my standards were really low. <laughs> so my standards were really low going into this. And especially when I see this style of movie that looks like it was shot with some camera that someone bought from a Best Buy. Well, yeah, in one scene in this movie, you actually see the camera and the microphone that's the level of quality they did but what i what actually truly no joke impressed me about this film was the level of tongue-in-cheek in it this is a comedy horror but don't think comedy in the sense of zombie land uh it's kind of like it's kind of a spoof but not as much of a spoof as a scary movie so it's kind of like in between zombie land and scary movie and just lower quality. And you and you throw in Winnie Cooper. She's the one who stars in this movie. Yep, Winnie Cooper. Also has Drusilla, Juliet Landau. So Drusilla from Buffy and Angel. With cameos from William Forsyth and Kane Hodder. So maybe my memory of this is tainted by the fact that I had just watched Treehouse. <laughs> it's not offensive, it's true. I don't know. I just remember laughing a lot during this movie and actually being quite impressed with how dare I say smart? <laughs> I don't want to say smart. Uh, how just well thought out some of the jokes were and how it picked on a lot of the horror movie or at least slasher film tropes. But I could try and talk this movie up to you, but let's be honest, folks. It's free on YouTube. J just try it. And next up we have uh, for the fifth movie, we have one of my original favorite, favorite horror movies. And I don't mean old school. I mean a fairly recent one, but just one of them that reminded me that I loved horror. Oh, wait, I never gave you the premise from Hack. Okay, let me do that really quick. So wanting to raise their grades, a handful of college kids are randomly selected for a field trip to study wildlife, but don't get the chance as cliche horror film style murders occur. That's it. That, that's all you need to know. Okay, on to the next one. One of my, one of my first favorites from the new wave of horror, which 
started not really with this one started before like really with saw and the and the james wan lay winnell movies but this one was an early favorite of mine from 2009 called the haunting in connecticut this was one of those movies that was based on supposedly based on true events though a lot of people believed it has been debunked that the brother was just insane kind of like how there are some people who believe that the amityville horror is real and others believe no this was properly debunked we know it so in this case it's really up to you but let's talk about what the movie's about after a family is forced to relocate for their son's health they begin experiencing supernatural behavior in their new home and uncover a sinister history so we have another haunted house movie and this is a haunted house movie in the now familiar style of of insidious of conjuring of those kind of movies that set the set the stage really well for terror still has a lot of jump scares but doesn't solely rely on them sets a great atmosphere and really builds it up well and that is what impressed me about it the most notable people in this movie are virginia madsen from sideways we have kyle gallner from american sniper and martin donovan from ant-man and maybe if you've seen this movie you don't need to see it again this could easily be one of those movies for you this is one that i, I do watch occasionally but if you like the james wan style horrors and you haven't seen this i would definitely check this out it's the james wan movies are better but this is really a precursor to those it was good it was creepy and it didn't it didn't rely on too many tropes which i really liked nowadays they may be a little more familiar just because that this this haunting connecticut style not that they came up with a style, but it's the same style we see in Insidious and we see in the Conjuring movies and Annabelle. Now it's familiar. But back in 2009, like it was so long ago, it wasn't the main style of horror yet. Now it is. Speaking of uh, the James Wan movies, another one on the list is Annabelle Creation. Now this is a Conjuring-verse movie, though it wasn't directed or written by james wan it's only produced by him not even in an executive producing role it was just produced by him this is the sequel or technically a prequel to annabelle and i think this movie was a lot better than the first one i liked annabelle i did i thought it was a a good horror movie i didn't think it was as good as the conjuring movies so i really didn't get my hopes up for annabelle creation i knew i was going to enjoy it but i thought i was going to enjoy it less i actually enjoyed this a lot more and part of what really helped was the cast so anthony lapeglio he's been around for a while we know him we love him the main two characters in this were played by lulu wilson who you would know if you saw, okay, what else? Ouija, Origin of Evil, or if you've been watching The Haunting of Hill House, or if you watched Sharp Objects. But also, Talitha uh, Bateman, who was in Love, Simon, Geostorm, and The Fifth Wave. Those two worked really well together. And Talithia Bateman was fantastic in this. Like when she was getting haunted and shit, I felt terrible for her. And she, the, the terror that she showed us on the screen just made the movie that much more intense and this also had a good female cast it was mainly a female cast because uh, it's about this group of girls who go to this basically new orphanage slash foster home kind of place so this family they lost their daughter the mother is comatose i think because of it i think so it's this just this guy 
wants to open up their house and help some people. So they open it up to this this girl's orphanage and they come in and start living there. But what killed their daughter? Guess it was some creepy ass demonic doll. That's right. So just like the Conjuring movies, just like the Insidious movies, just like I said with Haunting in Connecticut, and like I will say for the next movie, actually the next two movies, while it did have jump scares, it didn't rely on them. It set the mood of terror really well. And I'm also really impressed with horror movies when they have good female characters, because for so long in the history of horror movies, a, a, a stereotypical, scared, useless female was the trope. So much so that when a movie had one that wasn't terrible, they stood out. The horror genre is a lot better with that now. It is not perfect, but it is a lot better, but it's still good to see. And even if something like that doesn't matter to you, this is a good modern horror. I highly recommend this if you haven't seen it. The next film and a perfect movie to put on your list is another one that I think does a really good job of just being terrifying, and it's a movie called The Possession. I mentioned this movie earlier in the show. This is a movie from 2012 with Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Kira Sedgwick, and it's about a young girl who buys or convinces her father to buy her an antique box at a yard sale, unaware that inside the collectible lives a malicious ancient spirit. The girl's father teams with a Jewish rabbi, suppose all those other rabbis, right? With a Jewish rabbi to help end the curse upon his child. Uh, this wasn't a very popular movie. It wasn't bad. It, it got it got mediocre reviews and user or user viewer reviews were, were mediocre. But I think this movie should get more credit because it's more than just a horror. It's also a horror with a ghost from the lore of another culture. And also that, but it has a good backstory between Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Kara Sedgwick as these two divorced parents. These kids, the two daughters, are going back and forth between them. And so that is a familiar story, but it also handles it really well. And it also adds a very interesting level to it when the possession starts happening to this little girl that it makes people question, what is wrong with this girl? Is the father doing something when they're alone with him in this new house out in the middle of nowhere. And so we have the father who knows he's not doing anything, who's not some scumbag. I mean, he could be a little bit better as a father, which he even admits to in the movie, but he knows it's not him. He knows there's something going on, but no one will believe him. So we have also that angle of this guy that knows something wrong is going on, but no one believes him. And he has people questioning his, his not, not just his skills, but questioning just what he's doing with these children. And so it does a really good job of building this. How am I, how is he going to get out of this situation? What can he do? And the little girl who gets possessed in the movie is played by an actress named Natasha Callis or Callis, who hasn't done a lot since, well, she's done a lot, but nothing big and noticeable since, but she does a really good job of making you just want to hit a kid. I mean, if you've never wanted to punch a child, you watch this film. And of course, it is all thanks to the demon. That is why it is not is not the girl's fault. But my God, she does a fantastic job turning from the regular girl, from being M, the, I forgot what the, Emily, I think is the full name, to being this possessed girl and it, it, she just did a really good job and you know what Let, let's just keep rolling with this female focused female forward movies and just talk about a movie called the descent uh this is a adventure horror thriller from 2005 and and no one really big is in this no one of note 
but it's still one that I've seen for the first time recently. And I thought it was really well done. This is about a caving expedition that goes horribly wrong as explorers become trapped and ultimately pursued by a strange breed of predators. So this film is about a group of women who love adventuring, love doing wild things. And, and luckily for the quality of this movie, not the sort of wild things that would end up on tape. But the kind of wild stuff that involves climbing gear and whitewater rafting and stuff like that. So these these uh, five women, six, these six women decide to go climbing in this cave system. and But not a normal cave where you think, oh, maybe a bear lives in this cave. No, this that kind where you have to like search for it and then you have to push yourself through these little cracks in the earth and, and just a really uncomfortable kind that maybe you'll get a, a terrible cave in and die. The kind of place you would never, ever catch me. So they just go on this adventure and then slowly weird shit starts happening. And then guess what? They're being followed. And now they're being pursued by these flesh hungry predators. And what I really like that, yes, it is a it is a group of women, but none of them were stupid. When I was watching this movie, I would have 100% believed if all six of them made it out alive, I would believe it because they they were the right type of character. I believe that they could have made it. Also, if all of them died, I could have believed that because maybe they slipped up somewhere and got eaten by a monster. So it truly kept me guessing for, for how it was going to turn out. And while the other movies I've mentioned have either been a family family-oriented movie or a ghost-style horror, this one is more of a thriller. This one is more tense, the type of movie that would keep you on the edge of your seat. And I think those type of movies are very important to remember around this time of year because we normally think of gore, ghosts, monsters, things like that, when films like this deserve your love as well. The next film on the list is one that really sticks out of my mind because it's one of those that you 100% believe that the main character could not only get out of the situation alive, but kill the person that's doing it. That movie is called The Collector. So if you don't remember this movie, it's from 2009, and it's about this guy who's desperate to repay the, his debt to his ex-wife. So he, being an ex-con, plans a heist of his new employer's country home, but what he doesn't know is that a second criminal has also targeted the property and rigged it with a series of deadly traps. So think of the really weird love child of Saw and Home Alone. Except in this movie, the good guy isn't the one setting the traps. The only actor of note in this is Josh Stewart, who, besides being in the Collector movies, was in Dark Knight Rises, was the voice of Case in Interstellar. And more recently, he was in, in Insidious The Last Key, he was on the TV show Shooter, and the TV show Criminal Minds. So if the kind of movies like Saw with crazy traps and stuff like that aren't your thing, then this is an easy movie to skip. But if you if you even remotely like those movies, this is one to check out if you haven't already done it. The Collector has some really devious traps in him, and Josh Stewart plays this guy named Arkin, who is more than capable of overcoming it, but it's not so it's not obviously so. Like Arkin isn't so good that you're like, oh yeah, he'll get out of this, no problem. No, it, it, it becomes a really tense movie. So the reason you watch The Collector isn't for The Collector, it's not for The Traps, you watch this movie for Arkin. Because even though he's a criminal, he's a truly good horror protagonist. And he is just a thief, because he does his best to try and help everyone else that he comes across. 
So watch this film for a main character you can root for and feasibly root for. Not like some r random bimbo teenager going up against Jason. In fact, that makes the, the Collector and The Descent a good pairing because it has good protagonists. We have just a couple movies left. In fact, we have one, two, three, four, and then I'll send you along your way. This is, this is probably one of the longest episodes in a while, but though just because I want to give you guys maybe a recommendation for a movie you haven't seen or one that you have seen, but now is the time to watch it again. Even if you only pick one movie from this list to watch, I have done my job. The next film on the list is Silent Hill. This is a horror based on a video game. This movie came out in 2006 based off the video game of the same name. And they change up the story a lot between the game and the movie. But in this case, I didn't really mind. Though Silent Hill 1 and 2 will always be some of my favorite video games of all time. Silent Hill 2 is up there on my list of all-time favorites. This movie was the one of the first video game movies that stood out to me as not being terrible. It wasn't great, but when you compare it to its source material, it they did a pretty good job. And the first one had a good cast too. It had Rada Mitchell from Man on Fire, had Sean Bean from Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings, had Lori Holden, now we know her more from The Walking Dead, and Deborah Kara Unger, who who's never had like one major role, like like that role that you know her from. Though I guarantee you, you know her. In this film, Rose goes in search of her adopted daughter, who goes missing but winds up in a strange town called Silent Hill. Now, video game-wise, Silent Hill has huge, amazing, deep lore that they don't really get into too much in the movie, and they even tweak it a bit. But I remember back in 2006, we had such shitty video game movies that by this point, I didn't care. I was like, hey, it's not terrible. I'll take it. And while that doesn't sound like a great review, hey, it's not terrible, this movie I still like. Though personally, I liked the second Silent Hill movie better, and that's because it was closer to the game. But as an actual movie, Silent Hill, the first one, was better. So this movie was all about atmosphere, and they capture the atmosphere of Silent Hill perfectly. And the atmosphere is part of what made the game so terrifying. It wasn't just weird creatures coming to kill you. It was the city. The city was the true character, was a true horror in the game. And they did a really good job of capturing that in the first movie. The second movie too, though personally I believe the second movie is more for fans of the series and the first movie did perfectly well on its own. You can just, you can watch this film and be happy and not be left hanging. And that's why I'm suggesting this one, even though I liked the next one better. This is not a great film. It is a good film. It is a enjoyable film and it has a good cast with good atmosphere. So check this movie out if you haven't seen it. Three movies left, and the next one I want to talk about is one from 2012 called Sinister. This is about a true crime writer who is investigating a murder, finds a box of Super 8 home movies that suggests the murder that he's currently investigating is a work of a serial killer whose work dates back to the 1960s. This stars Ethan Hawke, Claire Foy, and Juliet Rylance, and it's directed and written by Scott Derrickson, who directed and wrote Doctor Strange. Now, what I liked about this film is not just the fact that Ethan Hawke is in it, and Ethan Hawke is great, but the fact that this was one part mystery, one part horror. Because for a while, there's a lot of it with Ethan Hawke's character, Ellison, 
looking into these murders, doing investigative work, trying to figure out what happened to these people that were murdered. So there's this family that was murdered and the one of the daughters is missing. She's nowhere. She's nowhere to be found. There's been no clue of, of what happened to her since. And as he looks deeper and deeper into this case, it looks more and more like it's not actually a person who is responsible. And I always mention Sinister in the same breath as I do movies like Conjuring and Insidious, because it's one of those movies that sets a great atmosphere for the whole for the whole film. It's more than waiting for the next jump scare. It's this whole feeling of dread and knowing that something is going to happen. Sinister 2 is also a really good movie and the this is actually a great movie to to watch back to back though you don't you don't need to if you just want to give this one a try if you haven't seen it before watch this if you like it check out number two I think number two is really good so this was a well put together movie with good actors in it so definitely add this one to your list the next one on the list is a fairly recent one that if you haven't seen it what are you doing And that movie is called It. Yes, this is the 2017 remake of the Stephen King classic starring Bill Skarsgård as a fantastic Pennywise. And not only was he great in this, he was just a different Pennywise from the one that if you saw the original made-for-TV movie with Tim Curry, you can enjoy both and both of their interpretations are great. Since this one was released in theaters, it could be a lot more terrifying, a lot more gruesome. And while the first one jumped back and forth, just like the books does, between these the main characters as kids and the main characters in their or in, in present time, this movie focuses on all of their childhood experiences. While number two will focus on them as adults with flashbacks to them as kids. But this movie broke records and it did so for a reason. It is really really good and it's it's not super close to the book but it's it's a lot closer than the original was and i still love the original it's still one of my favorite horrors and i think this one did a great job and if you haven't seen it you have to watch it and then wait and be excited for part two part two is filming right now it is set to come out in 2019 so enjoy I really didn't feel like I had to talk about that one a whole lot just because it's it's really fresh. It should be fresh in your minds and you should have seen it. But I just wanted to bring it up again in case you haven't seen it to try and get you to watch it. It was a really, really good modern horror and a fantastic take on a classic Stephen King novel. And the best part is it skips over a lot of the really weird stuff because Stephen King is a great writer. He is. Even if you don't like what he writes about, his, his writing is amazing it's just that it happened to get really creepy and really weird in certain parts and i think they chose the the correct parts just to rip out of the book and not use and finally the 13th film i wanted to say for the very end because it is a classic and that is a film from 1973 starring mox van sindau ellen bernstein and linda blair yes this movie is 
The Exorcist. Let's be honest, as time goes on, a lot of these older horror movies really loses what made them scary just because we have different standards we go by these days. We really do. So where the 1941 Wolfman with Lon Chaney may have been terrifying for them back then, now we can appreciate it for a classic movie, for a good movie, but it's not terrifying. It's not scary. And while I think The Exorcist has lost a little bit of its bite, it is it is still scary. It may not be as scary as like It or Sinister or The Descent or and some some of the other movies I've mentioned. But for an older movie, especially one from the 70s, it holds up really well. This is a classic. And if you haven't seen it, you must do so. This is a must watch movie for any fan of cinema. And if you have watched it, Chances are you haven't watched it in a while, so now is the perfect time. This is a film that we have to thank that movies like The Possession, movies like The Conjuring even exist. This movie set the foundation for possession movies, for demonic movies, for ghost movies. Maybe not so much ghosts, but this movie helped Pave the way for horror as we know it. So that's why this movie is at the top of the list. Not only is it classic, but it holds up and it is a great film. And you may have noticed I didn't talk about the premise for this or even for it because you should know it. And if you don't know what The Exorcist is about and if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and make this the movie you watch. Any of these 13 movies that I mentioned are worthy of being this week's pick of the week because nothing else that came out this week was worthy of it. Yes, even something as silly as Hack or Goosebumps or Adam's Family is worth being the pick of the week. I hope that in my brief discussion of these movies that maybe you can find something that you haven't seen before or maybe I reminded you of a movie that you've seen before and liked and that you can watch a good horror movie or a good movie with the spirit of Halloween in it this Halloween season. So, my future fans, this has been episode 110. I didn't give you a one-shot Halloween episode, but I hope you enjoyed what little I did. Find yourself a good movie, even if it's not one of the ones I mentioned. Find yourself a good horror and watch it this week. Get yourself pumped for Halloween. And with that, let us get into our final housekeeping before I send you along your way to the other great podcasts in our network. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website, that's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, and then you can leave a comment and tell me what you really think. And then share the podcast, tell your friends, help us grow. And how do you reach me? Oh, and you may have noticed we didn't do a question of the week this week. I will pick it up again next week. Just FYI. I honestly, I did forget. Yes. Brian Q, Frat Matt, you guys answered. I am sorry. I'll hit you up next week with a new question. 
So yes, how do you reach me? Leave a comment for me on the Some Under Your website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcasts also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Don't forget to check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast, great friends of the show. Check out the Somewhat Nerdy website for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off. Happy Halloween.